Your hour of Thrive Time begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. The Jay Mamie Talk Show. Good morning, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and I want to welcome you to your official hour of Thrive Time. Today's going to be another fantastic show, my friends. If you're visiting this show for the very first time, boy, are you in for a treat. We are finalizing our our fall programming, which I have been talking about for for the last few weeks here. That we started this programming for the fall, heading into the winter, with a theme of a thriving you in 22. And today, if this is your first time listening to the show, I want to tell you something. You've arrived at the right place at the right time for the right reason as we continue this theme of what do you do in your life? What adjustments do you have to make in your life in order to thrive in 22? And today's guests are going to add more value to that programming schedule. But for you that are visiting the show for the very first time, if you're wondering, well, how do I get more of the content? Let me encourage you. Go out to the website, thejmamietalkshow.com. Click on the archive section. You'll be able to catch up with all of our prior weeks of, of programming lining up this theme of thriving you in 22. And today will be another addition to that library. And you could also visit my regular site at thejmamie.com. But I'm excited about our first guest today who happens to be not only a TEDx speaker, he's the best-selling author of The Prison of You, He spent 2,000 days in prison himself, and he learned a lot of lessons. Now he is out. He's been out for a while. He is one of the premier coaches, one of the premier speakers, and he's all about teaching life-changing principles and helping men elevate performance in their personal and their professional lives. I'm really excited about this individual, Sean Crane, who's going to be our featured opening guest of our show today because he is the buzz and the talk of the town. And we got him on the Jay Mamie Talk Show this morning. Sean, welcome to the show. Hey, Jay, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. We're excited to have you, man. And I know there's a lot that you're going to share with our audience uh, today. But before we dive into all of that, I'd like for you to share a little bit about your story so that our audience gets up to speed with who Sean Crane is. So I'm from Santa Barbara, California, which is a beautiful beach community two hours north of Los Angeles. And I've lived here my entire life. I grew up playing sports, going to the beach, and just living a carefree life. I had a lot of family in the area, a lot of cousins, aunts, uncles, and growing up for the first 10 years, life was beautiful. At about age 10 is when I started realizing there was something different about my household. I started becoming more aware of my parents' struggles, and I came to find out they were battling addiction. Mm. They were both struggling with their addiction, and at the age of 14, everything just came apart. My dad went to prison and my mother slowly faded out of our lives due to her addiction. So my first month as a freshman in high school, very young, very naive, very impressionable, trying to figure out who I am as a young man, I lost both my parents. And that devastated me, Jay. I didn't know how to deal with the emotional impact at such a young age. So very quickly, I started to change. I started to hang out with kids at school that we're going through similar things as myself. And I started numbing myself with drugs and alcohol and anything I could do to try to avoid reality. I stopped playing sports. I stopped going to school. And I went through a really dark stretch of life from 14 till about 21, where I just lost myself. And I was miserable. And I, I didn't know how to cope with what was going on. And 
after high school, you know, I managed to get through that phase of my life and actually get a diploma, having not really put forth any effort at all. But I had no vision or direction. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So I started working for a family company, doing hard physical manual labor every day, and it gave me a sense of purpose. For the first time in my life, I actually felt proud of who I was and what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was still battling my addiction. I hadn't dealt with the underlying issues of why I needed to take so many pills, why I needed to drink so much, why I had to smoke every day. I was still very much a wounded person. And, you know, that that lifestyle led me to being at a party at the age of 23 where there was a lot of people that I didn't know. But we were all socializing and drinking. And it was a typical house party. Being 23 years old, I had been to dozens of them. And, you know, I, I didn't think anything of it. Well, about halfway through the party, there was an altercation between two groups of men. One of the groups of men I had known through other acquaintances. I didn't ever spend time with them outside of that party. I never hung out with them, but we had mutual friends, so we were talking that night. So when they got an altercation with this whole other random group of men I didn't even know, I was with them. I was with them for the the back and forth, and you know, it died down, but then later on as I was leaving, uh, the fight started outside. These guys got into a huge brawl in melee, and because I was right there with one of the groups of guys, I got involved. I got tackled. I thought I was getting jumped. I got slammed into a car. And so I was defending myself, trying to, to get out of that situation. And in the midst of that, I threw a couple punches at a guy who was on top of me as we were standing up. He had crashed into me, and he was on top of me. And I was struggling to get out from underneath him. And as I did, I threw two punches at him because I expected him, he was going to do the same to me. I thought he was attacking me. And when I stood up, he didn't get up. He didn't get up, which I thought was odd, and it was happening in a split second, and people are yelling, screaming, running every direction, and so I started doing the same, and I could barely move, though. My leg and lower back had been severely injured in the crash into that parked car, but I managed to make it to the street, and as I did, Jay, I was under a street lamp, and I realized I was covered in blood. Mm. I was covered in blood from my eyes, my face, my shirt, and it was horrific, and I hear police sirens coming and people are yelling, run, and the whole party is, you know, dissipating at this point. And so I took off up the street, and as the cops were coming around the corner, I ducked into a laundromat and found an old shirt to put on. And the one person I knew, who I had known since childhood, who I went to that party with, he had called a cab. So we went up the street and jumped in the cab and fled the scene. And on the way to his house that night, I was so altered. I had taken so many pills and drank so much alcohol that night. I was just in shock. I almost thought I was dreaming. And I knew something really bad had happened. And I was trying to make sense of it all. Well, the next morning, I Googled it and found out two individuals were stabbed at that party. One was on life support. He wasn't going to make it, they were saying. And within hours, the SWAT team was there to arrest me. And they ended up charging me for attempted murder, despite not having harmed anyone that night, just being involved, but not not directly hurting anybody. They they accused me. People at the party said they saw me wrestling around with the guy who was stabbed, um, and they charged me with the stabbing. So that led me to facing a life sentence in prison at the age of 23 and ultimately being sentenced to seven years in prison. Yeah, that, that's quite an amazing story, um, Sean. And one of the things that, as, as you're sharing, I appreciate you sharing that with our audience, brother. You know, one of the things that you said that really struck out to me, it's probably one of those similar habits that people have that always ends up leading them to a place that they should not be at, 
but also paying a price they can't afford to pay, and that is the bad habit of wandering. Right? You were this wandering guy between you know, teen and 23, as you mentioned, you didn't have any direction, no purpose. So when you have no direction on your purpose, you're going to wander. And wandering can easily uh, lead you to wander in places that you have no business being in or in situations that don't serve you in any, any, in any positive way. And, and the result can be catastrophic, as, the, as was the case with you. But while you were serving time, um, knowing that you were in there and you didn't do the crime, but so while you were serving time, at any point, did bitterness and anger and, and resentment grab a hold of you? You know, that's a good question. And people ask me that a lot. And they expect me to say, yeah, I was angry and resentful. But to be honest with you, by the time I found myself in that cell, I was exhausted, Jay, for the way I was living. I was exhausted battling my addiction. I was exhausted from not dealing with these underlying issues that were plaguing me. I was exhausted trying to put on this front of everything's okay, you know, I'm, I'm, this is who I am. But in reality, I was not living as the person in my heart I wanted to be. I was being a phony. Mm. I, I was being a phony. And so when I got to that cell, I was in shock and, and disbelief that this was actually happening. It felt like something you see in a movie. I couldn't believe it was actually my life. But I never once wasted any energy on being angry or resentful. And I could have been. You know, the cops wrote up a police report filled with lies. The, police, the people at the party who knew I was innocent didn't come forward to tell the truth because they were scared to get involved with the police. Uh, my childhood friend from five years old from kindergarten told on me for something I didn't even do. Uh, the judge prosecuted me. My lawyers thought I was guilty. I had every reason in the world to be upset, but I just knew that that wasn't going to help me get out of that situation. No amount of resentment or bitterness was going to change the outcome. And I took responsibility, like you said, not for the crime they accused me because I was innocent, but I took responsibility for all the poor choices I made in life that led me to being at that party, for not being the person I knew I wanted to be, and instead wandering and drifting and ending up in a situation where I was now being charged with a crime I didn't commit. So I took full responsibility from the moment I found myself in that cell, and I just knew intuitively that to blame others and to keep myself in a victim mentality wouldn't help me to change my life or overcome this massive challenge that I was facing. So that's brilliant. You, you actually didn't, uh, you didn't get sucked into the bitterness and anger and resentment that most people would have felt. You actually converted that into something that was much more positive. You took responsibility. In our last minute here, we'll pick it up after the break. At what point did you realize then that there had to be a shift? Very early on. After about a month of being incarcerated, I started to feel different because I was sober. Uh, the shock and all of my situation was slowly lessening, and I could just see as clear as day that I was in a fight for my life. So that's when I started addressing my mindset, you know, the way that I was living every day, my thoughts, my actions, and I knew that I was in the defining moment of my life, and I chose to fight for what I wanted versus just lying there and dying in that cell. Now, one of the things we're going to pick up on after the break here is what you speak about, which is the danger in thinking you have more time. And that's a danger that a lot of people are tread in. They think they have more time. So we'll pick up that conversation after the break. Hey, everyone, this is Jay Mamie from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I just want you to know that my book, my 10th book, is finally available, Thrivology. 
action-stoking and thought-provoking quotes and phrases is now available for your purchasing pleasure. This book has already making tidal waves among those who appreciate content that is driven to give you a thrive-minded mentality and also reminders throughout the course of the week of the things you need to do to thrive. Guys, you can pick up my book, Thriveology, at thejmaney.com. Hey everyone, this is Jay Mamie from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I want you to know that my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course from Novice to Ninja now is available. If you are an entrepreneur, a business owner, or have a sales-oriented career, and if your skill sets need improvement, if you are struggling with the areas that matter most, how to convert someone from a prospect to a customer or a client, then your sales skills need to be improved. Go visit thrivesalesmastery.com and learn more about this fantastic course. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Having a fascinating conversation, and we've only just begun in this one, folks, with uh, Sean Crane. Sean, on our last segment, I left off asking you, what's the danger in thinking that you have more time? Yeah, that's a great question, Jay. You know, the danger in that is because people will think or tell themselves, you know, I have more time, I can do it later, I can do it next week. And they don't realize over time they're creating a mindset that's based on procrastination and waiting for this magic time or moment in life where things are suddenly going to be easier or make more sense. And that's not always the case. What I found is that when you become clear on what you want in life, the only next logical step that's going to turn that into reality is action. Mm. You have to take action immediately. Otherwise, you condition yourself to become a person who doesn't take action. And that's a dangerous place to be because before you know it, a year just passed you by and you're the exact same. 10 years just passed you by and all of a sudden you're declining. 20, 30, 40 years and now you're wishing you could have went back and lived your whole life differently. So it's a slippery slope and I think so many people find themselves on the wrong end of that thinking. You know, they think that they have more time and they end up never actually taking action. And not just that, Jay, but if you have goals or a vision of the person you want to be, why would you wait to become that person? Mm-hmm. Like the time is now. And every day and every second is precious because you don't know if you're going to go to the doctor next week and find out you have terminal cancer. You don't know if you're going to die in a car accident. You don't know if you're going to wake up and you're going to have some you know, autoimmune disease that takes away the quality of your life. Like, Don't assume that tomorrow or next week is going to be gifted to you. The, the only gift you have right now is the moment you're in. And I look at it as a responsibility to give my all and show how much I love my life through my actions every single day. Brilliant. Brilliant advice, brilliant perspective. You know, one of the things I've shared with people for many, many, many years, especially my background is also in financial services. So I I have a reason to preach and teach to people similar uh, a similar message. And I've always told people, you have less time than you think. <laughs> you have less time than you think. Uh, but it's it's easier to say that to someone and for someone to receive it and then become active, as you said, instead of being inactive, because inactivity, my brother, is a slippery slope for sure. Um, but I want to chat a little bit about what freedom means because it's it's different. And people can experience incarceration without ever being behind bars. So how can this quote-unquote freedom that people actually think they have really be delusional? That's such a great statement. Well, for one, you know, being trapped in our comfort zone feels secure and safe, but that's not really what fulfills people. 
you know, people are walking around every day thinking that, you know, they're free. But in reality, they're losing the internal battle. They're not living the life they want. They're losing the internal battle. They're letting their fears and doubts hold them back from the person they want to be. They're lying to themselves, saying, I have more time. They're negotiating with their goals and who they really want to be. So one of the things that I've realized was that, you know, when I got incarcerated, I had a lot of time to reflect about my life. Mm -hmm. And I I realized that I was a prisoner many years before I found myself in that cell. Mm -hmm. I was a prisoner inside my own mind, held back by my fear, my insecurities, all these things that prevented me from taking the daily actions that I wanted to take and being the person that I truly wanted to be in my heart. And once I recognized that, I've been on a mission ever since to be that person in every waking moment, to pursue every dream, every vision, every moment of intuition, and also share this message with other people. Because I know there's millions of people who from the outside looking in seem like they have a great life, but internally they're afflicted because they're not living that life that they truly want. They're not listening to their intuition. They're not taking action. You know, they're putting off their health. They're putting off their finances. They're putting off their relationships. And ultimately they're suffering because of that. You know, one of the things that I completely agree with you is the suffering part because people think that, uh, you know, I'm not incarcerated in a traditional sense, so I have freedom, but they are prisoners in their own mind. And we're going to talk about that because that's part of what you write about in your book, and we're going to get into that. So that's why freedom can be so delusional that we think, hey, we have freedom, but yet you, you really are a prisoner of your own mind, a prisoner of your own habit, a prisoner of your own environment, and that's limiting, and the only person that suffers in the end is, is you. But as you were experiencing a perception shift and and looking at what would be next in your life, this is when you're still inside and you're working on yourself, you you experienced a perception shift and you started to look at, okay, what's next in my life? How far out did you plan your life to be while you were still in that place of, let's say, uh, you know, reassessment, personal reassessment? Yeah, one of the things I was able to do was really start to expand my mind as mm-hmm. to what I thought was possible. So prior to prison, I limited myself because I didn't believe in myself. So I thought, oh, that's not possible. Oh, maybe I can do okay in life, but you know, I can't be one of those people that achieve at a really, really high level. And I wasn't taking action every day to, to create any type of belief or instill confidence in myself. So when I got incarcerated, I let go of all the limitations. I realized that life was so short, and I looked at this as my second chance. I was so close to never getting out, Jay. You know, they were trying to send me to prison for life. Mm -hmm. So I started thinking bigger and dreaming bigger than ever before. And, you know, I knew that I wanted to do great, amazing things with my life. There wasn't tons of detail early on. I just knew that I was going to go for it and I was not going to hold back. And over time, as I started developing myself and I started, you know, doing personal development, my daily exercising, my reading, my writing, my college courses, I started to build up that confidence and belief even more so. And I knew that I wanted to come home and share my story and my message with millions and millions of people. I wanted to be on the biggest stages across the world, doing keynote speeches, running a coaching program that serves men all across the world. Like all the details started to come to me. All the puzzle pieces started to fit together. But early on, it was just me giving myself permission to dream big and not doubt myself or be scared or worry about can this happen just allow myself to entertain those visions and to feel like wow that could happen one day and then get hyper focused on the day and the small incremental actions that i was taking to build up my sense of confidence and competence so over time in that cell i was so hyper focused on these small daily actions that before long i built 
massive amounts of momentum mm-hmm. and belief belief in myself that then carried over into the bigger actions, the bigger goals. And before long, I was getting out. And now I had over 2,000 days of intentional actions that built me up. And I knew with that same mindset, I could do anything I wanted in my life. Now, one of the things you just said is real key. You said that you started to see yourself speaking on stages, right? Well, that's exactly the point that I, I knew that you had in you. You were already planning far beyond um, your release. You started to plan way ahead to the extent of thinking about, dreaming about, speaking on stage and then impacting the lives of others. I always tell people, you've got to find something that pulls you into tomorrow. If your day today sucks, then you got to find something, a reason that pulls you into tomorrow. Otherwise, you're going to get stuck and stay stuck in today. And today may not be nice. Think about something that can pull you into tomorrow. And that's exactly what you were doing in there. You were thinking about tomorrow. But I want to turn a corner a little bit on your book. Your book is a best-selling book. It's Impacting Lives. I want to ask you two back-to-back questions here. What inspired you to write your book, Prison of Your Own? And what's the primary message that this book delivers to the reader? What inspired me to write the book, Jay, was when I was incarcerated in a small six-by-eight cell where I could literally touch both walls at the same time, I became the happiest person I ever had been in my life. I was filled with more joy, more gratitude, just more positive energy than I ever could imagine. And I was shocked that I was feeling that way. So that was the initial desire is that I want to show people that happiness is a state of mind. And when you start really connecting to yourself on an internal level and you become willing to admit who you want to be and take action towards that person, it's going to increase the quality of your life than you ever could imagine. Before the million dollars is in the bank account, before the accolades and success is there, you can start to feel joy and self-love instantaneously. So that's what sparked the idea to write the book. I wanted to share that message with people because I couldn't believe what was happening to me. And the primary message is that, you know, most people are keeping themselves stuck. Most people are creating this self-inflicted harm and they don't even realize it. They blame society. They blame their nine to five. They blame their toxic relationship. But all the while, we are prisoners inside of ourselves, our own thinking, our own, you know, limiting beliefs, our own procrastination, all these things that prevent us from just being the person we want to be. So my message is that if I could start to make this shift inside a jail cell and experience that joy and gratitude and then come home and continue to pursue that vision and literally create the life of my dreams that I first dreamt of inside a jail cell, then you can too. Your excuses are no longer going to serve you. They're only going to lead to massive regrets later on in life. And I want people to understand that now before it's too late because most people don't get to the end of their life and get a do-over. Most people get to the end of their life and they have to come to terms with the way they live and they have to accept their results, their consequences. And if that's not the life you're living now, if you don't want that to be the end of your life, then you have to make a change now. So I talk about what I actually started doing on a micro level to make that change in my mindset, first of all. And then micro adjustments in my daily actions and how that started to shift and change my perspective, my energy, and my mentality over time. Sean, I I believe what you just covered there is a mic drop. Every show, there has always been one or two mic drops that my uh, my guests deliver. And brother, you just gave a mic drop. Uh, I'm going to put your information up on our website so that you can, uh, so people can track down that book. But in our last minute here, 
The theme of the fall programming for this show has been a thriving you in 22. So as 22 approaches, what would be the focus that you are encouraging others to have if thriving is their intent? Get yourself around people who are at that next level. Cut out people that are toxic, that are holding you back, whether it's a relationship, a family member, Mm -hmm. a friend. I know it sounds cold and it's hard, but one of the quickest ways I've been able to accelerate in my business and my personal life is always being the greenest, most inexperienced person in the room. Like I want to walk in the room and be surrounded by people who are older, wiser, smarter, more accomplished than me because I can listen to them. I can learn and I can grow exponentially. You know, it's equivalent to reading 100 books in a year if you have a good mentor. And so whether it's in business, your personal life, your health, whatever it may be, seek out some mentors or groups of people that you can learn from and be around them as often as possible. It's going to spark new ideas. It's going to give you different perspectives, and it's going to help you to grow tremendously. Sean Crane, we appreciate you being on the show, brother. You have dropped gems of information and nuggets of just wisdom. We appreciate being on the show, brother. I really appreciate it, Jay. Thank you so much for having me. Folks, we're going to be right back after the break. Okay, I'm totally into this glow stick. I'm a 51-year-old who could never lose weight. But what if I told you one stick a day could melt the fat away? Well, I was shocked when I lost 9 pounds in 13 days and 2 inches off the waist on an all-natural plant. First time in history with clinically proven results for sleep and weight. Results may not be typical, but for me, I was super excited. I want to be your independent lease ambassador. Contact me for a free stick today at glowbylee.com. Have you gotten behind on your personal or payroll taxes due to COVID-19? I'm Adam Cohen, Tax Resolution Manager at Jack Lauderman CPA. The collection arm of the IRS has resumed enforcement action. You may have received demand letters threatening liens or levies. Our firm specializes in resolving complex tax problems. There are options available. Go to txcpaoffice.com and schedule a free, no-obligation consultation. That's txcpaoffice.com. If you're like most people, you're probably more than a little concerned about the state of the world around us today. Strange times. The stock market all-time highs every day. U.S. debt never been higher right now. Dollars losing value. And let's not forget about inflation, the highest since 2008. Remember what happened in 2008. So how do you protect your money, your retirement, your savings? Well, many people just like you are turning to Old Faithful to protect themselves during these difficult times. And Old Faithful is real gold and silver from the Oxford Gold Group, the kind you can actually hold in your hands and have in your IRA. No better time than the present to protect your future and the future of your family. Call the Oxford Gold Group right now, 833-928-GOLD. They will send you their free guide on investing in gold and silver and answer all of your questions. Protect your money before things get even worse out there. Call the Oxford Gold Group today at 833-928-GOLD. Oxford is here to help you protect your savings and retirement. That's 833-928-GOLD. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Right now, we're going to have an in-person fantastic conversation with Rich Cabanis. Rich Cabanis is not only one of the authors of a number of books out, we're going to speak about one of his newest books, but he's a Christian coaching expert. He's also a speaker. He's an entrepreneur. He's been an entrepreneur. He runs an agency here in, in Dallas, Texas. And he's got such a powerful message that in this theme of the thriving you in 22, we had to have him here on the station, on the show rather. So Rich, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Jay, I am humbled and honored to be here. Thank you for having me. 
Brother, the honor is ours. And Rich, before we dive into all of the great things you've got to share, and you've got a bunch of great things happening here, can you share a little bit about your story with our audience? Yeah, sure. So first and foremost, uh, I'm a Christian, and uh, I'm a, I, I gave my life to Christ in the mid-90s when I was in my early 20s mm-hmm. and uh, started reading the Bible, and my whole life changed. And uh, so I, I'm a, a believer. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. And so that's first and foremost who I am. And then uh, secondly, I am a husband. And uh, my wife, Libya, she's a, my Latino beauty is what All I right. call her. We've been married for 10 years now, and uh, I love that lady so much. She's such a big support. I'm a father of two. Both mm-hmm. of my kids are adults. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two granddaughters. One of them just walked yesterday, so awesome. I've been watching videos all day on that, <laughs> so I've been very excited. My parents are still alive, so I'm very grateful for that. I'm basically born and raised in the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. so uh, and I'm one of the few people, Jay, that, you, that you, this is going to shock you. I'm one of the few people you'll ever meet. I have a college degree in ski instruction coaching. Wow. So, yeah. Not many people can say that. <laughs> no, no, not yeah. at all. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, at a, at a very young age, I loved business. I love making money. And then I loved uh, using my gift of teaching, which mm-hmm. I believe is what God's given me is the gift of teaching. Mm-hmm. And I've used that to write books and then help people to, to better their lives, which is really my, the whole platform for which I believe that I was created to is to help people become the best that God's created them to be. Well, and your calling was revealed mm-hmm. to you then pretty early in life. It was. Yeah, it was. Back in the mid-90s, you know, I was in, uh, I started my own insurance agency back then. Uh, I've been in the insurance business for 14 years, and um, and I've had several stints. I've actually owned two agencies. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle of that, uh, I became a senior pastor, and I was oh, a wow. senior pastor for uh, four years, and then in full-time evangelism for another four years. So wow. uh, if you want to get me in front of a group to get a commitment, I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the man to go to. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah get me on a stage and uh, let me uh, tell that's me what, awesome. you, what you need them to do, and I, I can maybe help you get that. So, Bro, that's awesome. Uh, but uh, I love entre- entrepreneurship. I love building businesses, and I like helping other people to achieve their goals. That's really a passion that I have. So this is interesting. Your background uh, in business and in insurance and running a successful agencies, what was the inspiration that you had to take a turn towards writing, speaking, and now coaching uh, a faith-based coaching model? You know, it all started back in my senior year of high school when I took a pre-college writing class. Mm -hmm. And we had to write a what they called a mini book at the time. It was only like 30 pages. Mini story, I guess, is what it was. And- in that process, I really thought, wow, this is fun. I like doing this. And so I always had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to write a book. 9-11 happened, and it clicked. And I, I, I wrote a book called 9-11, Five Spiritual Lessons That We've Learned. Mm. And it came out just a couple months afterwards, and it, it did fairly well. For years, people would order the books and then go down to ground zero and hand them out to people. Wow. Um, but that was my first book. And Jay, what I have realized is once you have your first book, once you get That's that right. first book, then it becomes kind of almost like an addiction. You mm-hmm. always it's you always get inspired. You're always like, you know what, I need to write something on that. And that's kind of how it's evolved into I've written six books now, and every one of them, in my opinion, gets a little bit better every time. Mm-hmm. That's so, exactly right. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I've got ten books that I've written. The last one was released a few months ago called Thrivology, which yeah. is doing well. And I thought myself, uh, you know, this is it. 
for a while. But no sooner do you put that that proverbial pen down, yeah. you're thinking about the next one. Yeah, it's an addiction, but it it's is. a healthy addiction it because is. you know you're bringing value to the world. And speaking about value, I love the company that you are the founder and CEO of. Power to thrive, yes. right? Because yes. this this show is all about thriving. This yeah. is your hour of thrive. We should time. partner together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, run some segments, right? <laughs> so explain what Power mm. to Thrive is all about. Yeah. So Power to Thrive is actually based on you know there's a lot of uh, Christian teachers out there on personal development. You know you got Joyce Meyer, Joel Stein, mm-hmm. you know, and so on and so on and so on, and they use a lot of different scriptures. There's one scripture, though, Jay, that seems to kind of come under the radar that I believe is actually one of the most powerful scriptures for personal development, success, and and achievement. And that's 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. It forms the whole basis, the platform for power to thrive Mm -hmm. and its basic philosophy. And that is, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound Sound mind. mind. So those four things right there, Mm -hmm. fear... And the elimination of, which has to do with limiting beliefs and and comfort zone and all of those kind of things, and then personal power and the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And then, of course, love and, and communicating and relationships with one another. And then, of course, mindset. Right. Right? So that, to me, is the core of my coaching, my teaching, and the whole Power to Thrive system. And next year, I've Talking about books, I've already I started this last week and on the one for 2022. There you go, and it's uh, it's going to be based. It's couples. It's power to thrive, but I haven't come up quite with the title. But it's going to be how to 12x your marriage in 12 weeks. That's a great title. Yeah, <clears throat> when that book comes out, you have an open mic here to come and speak about that book because I know that's going to impact couples yes. in a powerful way. And that's yeah. no shortage of what, what's needed today. I can tell you that much. Yeah, absolutely. But what makes this book, Power to Thrive, and your entire coaching system mm. so unique? Okay. Well, I think what makes it unique is that it's 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 very Bible. When you read through the book, and I think you've had a chance to at least per- mm-hmm. peruse through it, I did, Jay. yes. Uh, it 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 is filled with lots of scripture. Absolutely, it's not just some. Absolutely. Let's take one scripture and then we'll just write a whole book on it. Mm-hmm. It's it's lots of scriptures, lots of stories from the Bible, that type of thing. So it's it's very scripture laden, and it also has a huge influence from science, psychology, and then other personal development as well. So it's it's really a I I really believe it's well balanced. And, you know, the bottom line is, as a Christian, we have to accept the fact that, you know, science and psychology has a lot to do Absolutely. with, you know, us understanding our bodies, our minds, mm-hmm. and those type of things. And mm-hmm. so it's, I, I don't shy away from that. I think the more that we understand how the brain works, that's right. Um, the more that we can actually experience more peace in our lives. You know, I agree with you because the mind, body, soul, psychology, all of that are collaborative components of the whole. Yes, and my yes. background is psychology. Yeah. I have degrees in psychology, yeah. behavioral science, and I've also done ministry. So I understand that those components cannot be separated. Yeah, it all works together. Yeah. But what is PPSD <laughs> or post-pandemic stress disorder? Uh, I'm curious to hear more about that. And how does that affect uh, the idea of power to thrive. Can you address that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, some people probably are chuckling right now thinking, oh, they've created some acronym, you know. Right. But this is actually, uh, psychologists have actually termed this. Mm-hmm. My daughter is a therapist. Okay. And I've talked to her at length about this, and she sees it clearly, uh, especially with those in the medical profession and uh, those that are kind of been on the front lines with the whole COVID experience over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And basically it has to do with stress, um, 
unlimited stress that's come upon us because of fear, right? Uh, losing the trauma of losing people, losing friends, losing jobs, mm-hmm. um, you know, having to isolate ourselves. That's completely, you know, when you think about a biblical principle, isolation is not one of them. That's right. actually the devil's tool mm-hmm. to isolate because once he has you isolated, Wow, then he can really get you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we need each other to encourage one another, to support one another, to love one another. Um, that's really important. And so PPSD is a real thing where it people is. are experiencing it, it today. And I believe that Power to Thrive, you know, it it actually was delayed and kind of coming out, and it's not actually launching officially till January 18th, mm-hmm. Jay. But I believe that it is, it is timely. Mm-hmm. I really believe this is a roadmap to really help people get unstuck and maybe if they feel like something's missing in their life it can help them define that it's a roadmap to help them do that i think today people need roadmaps more than ever yeah right absolutely you know one of the things i I picked up on when i was reading your your book was identity i'm big on speaking about identity and you you tackled that that subject matter really really well yeah why is identity such a key part of power to thrive well i think when people realize that you know they didn't just evolve they're not just from you know something that evolved over millions of millions of years but that we were creatively designed mm-hmm. that there was intelligent design behind you and me and creating each other and when people can look in the mirror in the morning and 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 look at themselves and say wow God loved me so much that he created me with his own hands. There's just something remarkable that happens mm-hmm. to your brain mm-hmm. and the chemicals in your brain when you do that. And you really acknowledge the fact that you you were created for a specific purpose and, and for a reason. And when people can answer those four key questions, where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? And what happens to me when I die? When when people can answer those questions, Jay, I find that their their life is always moving in a forward direction. People who constantly live in the past, people who are stuck, people who are just struggling, you know, on a daily basis, uh, they tend to get mired in not being able to answer those questions. When they can answer them, which Power to Thrive helps them do that, mm-hmm. uh, they can see clearly. It gives you a, a much deeper sense of who you really are. You know, one of the one of the consequences of not having uh, not really knowing your identity is you wander. Exactly. Yep. And in the, the the prior segment, one of the conversations that him and I were having were the consequences of wandering for him and led him to prison. Yeah. And uh, and that's a that's one of those dire consequences. It forces yes. you to pay a price you're not ready to pay. Yes. You can't afford to pay. But what is the Thrivers Manifesto? Okay. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So in the in the book, uh, you know, a manifesto is really a published decoration of your intentions and motives. Mm-hmm. And so what I've done is I came up with thirteen of those, and we, I know we don't have time to go through each of them. But in the book, it's called the Thrivers Manifesto. And there's uh, just to give you kind of an idea. So the the first one is the greatest gift God gave you is the power to choose. Mm. Your choices determine where you end up in life. Period. Right. And then number two is about accepting responsibility for your life. So each one of them builds on the next and it really kind of forms the foundation for the entire philosophy behind power to thrive. You know, that's brilliant. Well, one of the things that I know for a fact that's happening today, and we cannot let you go before you speak about this, is Christian coaching is on the rise. Yes. It's on the rise. Mm -hmm. Right. How do people know if they need a coach or not in their life? Yeah, that's a great point. Oftentimes, um, you know, what coaching isn't, 
coaching is not uh, counseling. It's not therapy. It's not, you know, any of those kind of things. Coaching is completely different. Coaching is where I come by your side Mm -hmm. and I walk with you. I ask a lot of really good questions. I get you to think and then I help you to develop the plan and the act and the things that you need to do. Because I believe everybody has it within them. Mm-hmm. They just don't know necessarily how to get it out. Okay. And they need people to help them do that. Okay. And so um, I believe that you kind of know you need a coach when you want to get to the next level. You're not sure you want to get there in your life. If you're stuck, um, if, if you're experiencing um, kind of mediocrity and you, you, you know, you're, you're not improving. You're just kind of staying. You're surviving. A lot of times a coach can really help you with that. And then in business in particular, mm-hmm. if you're wanting to see your bottom line, you know, get better, if you're wanting to add staff, fear is the single biggest issue that I deal with as a coach wow. with almost every client. It seems like there's some kind of a limiting belief or fear that's keeping people from really being the people that God created them to be. I believe fear is yeah. the number one uh, challenge that most people have to tackle if yeah. they're going to succeed and thrive. Yeah. yeah. Rich, in our last 30 seconds here, if someone wants to buy the book now, yeah. can they pre-order? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I've put together an amazing kind of bundle of gifts for people if they go to my website. If people go to powertothrive.net, Jay, mm-hmm. they, they, can, they can actually get the Power to Thrive book for free. They just need to pay for the shipping and handling, mm-hmm. but they'll get the Gratitude Effect, which was a book I wrote in 2018, for free. Wow. They can just download it. Excellent. So, yeah. We're going to put that up on our site anyhow. Yep. Rich Cabanes, it's been fantastic having you in the station here live to share this, these nuggets of wisdom. And when the next book comes out, you've got an open mic with us always. Appreciate that, Jay. Thank you very much. Folks, we're going to be right back after the break. Have you ever felt that in trying to grow your business, you've turned yourself into the world's number one pinball? Bouncing from thing to thing, trying to score some points without falling down that black hole looming below you. Problem is, reaction mode is not a sustainable business model. It's not a sustainable life model. I'm Aaron Marcus, founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business. If you want to learn how to be in charge so that you can take the actions that get you the results you want, reach out. I'd love to talk with you. Find me on LinkedIn or at conqueryourbusiness.com. Hey, this is America's number one debt buster, Murray Bullier. And let me ask you a quick question. If there was a way we could eliminate all your debt in as little as one-third to one-half the time without changing your lifestyle, cash flow, or budget, would you like to have a discussion? If you're in the financial services or real estate profession and you'd like to have another tool to have more conversations to help you do more of what you already do without losing your focus, isn't that worth a call? We've saved over $2.2 billion in interest for our clients. Let's have a conversation to see what we can do for you. Paid for by Christian Care Ministry. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care And here's why. Not only is it time for open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also when you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For the typical family, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate when compared to health insurance. It really is remarkable. There's more than 400,000 members now who have shared more than $4 billion in medical bills. So They can handle your bills, too. And here's the thing. If you join before December 15th, they'll waive your new member fee. So that's another $170 you'll save. I'll give you the number here in a second, but call and you'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline, December 15th. So call now and you'll save even more. Call 844-53-BIBLE. That's 844-53-BIBLE. 844-53-BIBLE. 
Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Our third and final guest today really wraps up today's theme of taking this thriving you in 22 to a whole next level. Our business empowerment specialist, who's going to share his wisdom, Charles Tyson, is not only one of the most recognizable individuals in that field, but also one of the most sought-after speakers and trainers as well. We're fortunate to have him close out our show today. Charles Tyson, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jay. Charles, be here. hey, my pleasure. It's it's really just a joy to have someone of your caliber on the show because I know you've got a lot to offer and we want to dive right into it. But before we do that, can you take a minute or two to share a little of your story with our listeners? Thank you, Jay. It's uh, it's a privilege to be here. It really is. T.S. Eliot said, it's never too late to be what you could have been. Mm-hmm. A uh, little bit of my story is I, I, I devoted 61,000 hours over 33 years as a patient advocate or what we would call a caregiver for both of my wives, both of whom passed from cancer. Mm. One was uh, 31 years old. We'd been married for seven years. And uh, the other one was 56. We had been married for 22 years. And from 2005 to 2008, when the market was crashing and the whole world was going crazy, I had, I had to fulfill my duty as a, as, a spouse, I, I was full-time caregiver for her for three years as we traveled back and forth to the cancer treatment center in Tulsa. Um, but so my business background, though, during all that time, I owned a painting contracting business and a government programs tax consultant. And for the last 20 years, I've specialized in, in tax-free strategies that actually create income during retirement. So your life work, what you spent the majority of your life, has always centered around empowering others, helping others get to the next level. When did you first realize that this was your calling? It was actually in my 20s. My, my first wife, as I mentioned, passed at 31. We were, she was diagnosed about six months after we were married. I was wow. 21. She was 24. Wow. But from the very beginning... Uh, you know, I knew I wasn't alone and there was going to be a purpose in my pain. Mm -hmm. So I started journaling and I didn't know what was going to happen. But when, when she passed, uh, you know, my faith gave me hope that there, even in the midst of this horrible loss and all the surviving and striving that I'd been through, that there was hope for the future and other people needed that too. I wasn't alone. And I was going to share my experience to give them a foothold and to have, give them something to grab onto. You know, one of the things that those strategies can teach us is what our inner power is. And one of our prior guests, Chris Harris, talks about expert power. But expert power and inner power, you know, together makes a, a really a, a fabulous you that can be a great product for the world in terms of what you can offer. And what you've been doing is providing unique structures and strategies uh, to help businesses achieve breakthrough in areas of wealth and in areas of health. So I like to find out why did you, have, why did you choose the, the areas of wealth and health to focus on to help people and businesses experience that breakthrough? Well, I, I have to say, you know, back, if I could digress for just a second, that inner power, you know, the day before my first wife passed, I, I actually read the book of Job in the Bible. Mm. And, I had never, I was not raised in a Bible teaching church the first time I ever read a Bible. So that's where my faith 
started and I realized that, that, uh, in spite of, like I said, that crucible, that, that there was hope. So how I focused on wealth and health was that I discovered, you know, I mean, ask yourself this question. What if, what if something you thought was true about your wealth or about your health? You think it's true, but it's not. When would you want to know that? Mm. And, and I discovered, so, you know, having so much loss in my life, I was looking for what was missing. You know, what was the whole truth? When, when my second wife was ill and, um, the, you know, I had to travel back and forth to the cancer treatment center in 2005 to eight. I had to start over again at 56. So I know most successful entrepreneurs, a lot of very successful people, you know, they had to start over again and they were going to make it. So health has to come first and then wealth. And I just, I felt comfort in sharing with others so that they didn't go through the same situation without any hope. Well, I think that the work you're doing has helped a tremendous amount of people these last four decades. But I'd like to ask you, uh, because you've, you've recently, if you don't mind sharing, you've recently had your own personal adversities with health. Can you share those details if you're comfortable? And, and what has that revealed about your new inner power? Well, yes. In, in, uh, I'm 66. When I started at age, when I hit 61, I said, you know, I got to do this full physical every year. So for five years, I did a full physical. I kept asking for a, you know, a uh, stress test, but every, I had been given flying colors, no, no prescriptions. Everything is fine. You're good. So I turned 66 and nine days later, I had a 99% blockage in my widowmaker artery. I had a heart attack after wow. being told everything was good. And what that taught me was, you know, you got to find out what's missing. You got to ask for second opinions. You got to be ready. I wouldn't, those seasons of my life taught me that things are going to happen and you better be ready financially, emotionally, and physically. Now, one of the things that I know for a fact can be, uh, traumatic is finding out that you're in a situation that can take your life, right? But you were able to, to, to persevere through that. And now on the other side, you are so much stronger than you were just 20, 24 months ago when you and I spoke. So how has that impacted the message that you're sharing these days with your audiences and, and your clients? Well, especially, Jay, in the last 12 months, uh, the heart attack was almost two years ago now. Mm -hmm. right, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I shared with a few people, but the more I shared that I had had that tragedy, the more people started opening up to me. And that's when I began to realize I've been teaching, I can still teach people about their wealth and the future, but everybody would agree that, you know, if you don't have health, it doesn't matter how much money you got. So I started telling more people about my heart attack and more and more men, especially, uh, women, too, they opened up and started to realize that it was okay to share with me the challenges they had had. And I thought, okay, here's another thing that I can do to step in and help. And wellness is, whether it's wealth or health, the health had to come first. So becoming wellness certified and digging in here, like you said, just the last few months to come up with solutions or to just listen and help people get it out 
on the table that they have a problem and then face it. Get Do something about it now before it does something to you. Now, becoming wellness certified, right? I, I think you mentioned that. That's a big deal. That That's an indication that the person uh, who's gone through that takes what they're doing seriously. It's not a it's not a hobby. It's not a, a part-time thing. It's something that you have sold out to and sharing as a message, and you're committed to impacting the lives of others. Why are you so passionate about that right now? Well, it, it just, it was, it made me angry that there were things that I had never been taught, like a calcium scan. One of my doctors asked me after the heart attack, had you ever had a calcium scan? And I said, well, did you ever tell me to have one? And he said, no, well, how am I supposed to know that? And I began to, you know, step in as an advocate or a protector for people that I know. I, I just began asking, do you know this? Do you know that? And they didn't know. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I can impact whether I may keep this person alive by sharing this information. Because I, I could not be alive. I could have succumbed to that heart attack. And the fact that I had it, it's my duty to to share what I discovered about their health because that's the number one priority. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. I could, I could perhaps save them from having a life threatening illness. What would be one of, cause there's many areas that you can certainly speak to people about with regards to their, their wellness, but what's one area that you are, yeah, that you're just beating the pavement on with, with a message. Can, can you share one rising effectively? That would be the big three, Jay. You know, if you have high cholesterol or high blood pressure or even glucose, those three mm-hmm. areas, they're the three biggies. And if you have those issues, get with a wellness professional, get with someone who can get you answers and get those under control. And as a former personal trainer, I can tell you for a fact, and I can share with our listeners for a fact, Charles, those are the three main areas that I would also encourage people to find out more about because they're silent they run under the radar, but boy, they can create a horrible healthcare yep. situation in the future if they're not addressed really. So as we draw close, closer in our last minute here, uh, Charles, as we draw closer to a new year and the new chapter of everyone's lives and thriving in 2022, what would be the three areas that you would advise those intent on thriving in 22 to really focus on? Well, Jay, just to finish up, like you said, health and wellness has to be number one. It has to be. And it's never, like I started out by saying, it's never too late to be what you could have been. It's, it could be too late for your health. So that's even the highest priority. You have to get started now on your health and wellness. Making money is the second area, you know, finding out what's missing maybe in, in your wealth strategy. The, uh, the quality of your life is going to depend upon not just the questions you ask, but mm-hmm. the questions that you don't ask. Mm. So you got to find out what's missing, number one, in your health, and number two, in your wealth. And number three is celebrate each day. There's Mm. so much wellness in learning how to celebrate. You know, you may have been through a survival period or mindset for many years of your life and striving, but thriving is totally possible today, right now, if you learn how to celebrate each day. You never know how much time you have. You know, so you create those memories, get your priorities in order, health, and then wealth, and then celebrate. Those are brilliant three areas to focus on. And Charles Tyson, we appreciate you being on the show. Where can people track you down in the last 10 seconds in order to learn more about you? They can go to charlestyson360.com. 
Charles, we're going to put your information up on our website anyhow so people can track you down. It's been a real treat having you on the show, Charles. Thank you very much. Folks, that wraps up another fantastic hour of Thrive Time 3 incredible individuals who poured wisdom and knowledge into our show and hopefully into you. We'll see you next Sunday right here at 10 a.m. on 570 KLIF.